As, um, thanks, John. <laughs> uh, I was on the sound desk last Sunday, and uh, on the, I got the same thing going, and I didn't know how to switch it off, so at least John knows, so, which is good. Um, Tim already mentioned that we're going through uh, the foundations of our church, and we've covered worship, and last weekend was Holy Spirit Encounters. If you didn't listen to the talks, I would encourage you to go onto our website and download the podcast just so you can get up to speed because there's some really good stuff in there. Um, I hope there'll be some good stuff tonight. <laughs> you, but you must be the judge. Okay. If you ask uh, an architect or a structural engineer about foundation stones, um, they will tell you that whatever form they take, they are absolutely key in supporting what is going to be built upon them. Get it wrong and the building or structure will be shaky and unlikely to last for very long. Remember the parable of the house that was built on the sand. It's exactly the same for our church. But in this context, we are not referring to this, this huge and uh, somewhat tired building. Uh, there will be more about that on another occasion. Uh, in this context, important as this building is, God is far more interested in his church, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the people of God, in short, his family, people like you and like me. So tonight, it's all about family. Uh, you may ask why uh, Debbie, who will be getting up to speak shortly, and I are speaking about this. Uh, we're certainly not gifted speakers, and we do not represent a perfect family, far from it. Um, but it's simply because we have a deep desire to share together in family life with God's people. We want to share with you a little about why family is important, what it should look like, and in doing so flag some of the challenges that it brings. Here at St. Matt's, our heart is to be family. But are we there yet? Do we really function as a family should? I wonder what the word family conjures up for you. Family seems to become, have become less important in today's culture where there is so much emphasis on the individual. Perhaps this is why there is so much loneliness, isolation, and alienation. There seems to be very little sense of belonging, and yet most people have a deep desire to belong. Even if it's on a Facebook group, part of a Facebook group, uh, or membership of a gym, I can't confess to that, I must say. Uh, I know you're surprised looking at me, don't, I'm not <laughs> don't say anything to <laughs> Or even following the latest fashion fad. Everybody wants to belong. It's so sad that in many of our towns and cities today, there is a complete absence of community. It's sad. It's really sad. And the busyness of today's world is such that people seem to have so little time for others. Everyone's glued to their smartphones. And so much communication is electronic rather than verbal. Um, confess we can all be guilty of that. But it is noticeable in today's society. People communicate electronically less than face-to-face. I think it's dangerous. Life is simply too busy. But why? What are we trying to achieve? 
What are we seeking? Where are we heading? Sadly, even church can be a bit like that too. We need to be on our guard. The best description of church is not a building or a service, but the people of God. And through Jesus' death and resurrection, God found a way to enjoy the most int- for us to enjoy the most intimate of relationships with him. And we become his people. And God's desire for his people is threaded right throughout the Bible. Exodus 6 verse 7, God told Moses to tell the Israelites who have been held captive by the Egyptians, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. And then if you go right to the end of the Bible, into Revelation 21 verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So, it's our purpose as his people that we should glorify God in the world. In other words, our commission, our purpose, is to reveal him through our life together as his own people to a world that does not know him. Our life together, question mark. I wonder what this means. You know, it's our lives that will often speak far more powerfully than the words that we utter from our lips. So do we practice what we preach? Do our lives individually and corporately speak to the world of God and of his love for people? Um, Duncan Campbell, great name. Um, A Scottish evangelist uh, and a leader in the Great Hebridean Revival in the mid-20th century said, what the world needs to see is the wonder and beauty of God-possessed personalities, men and women with the life of God pulsating within, who practice the presence of God and consequently make it easy for others to believe in God. Let me read that again. What the world needs to see is the wonder and beauty of God-possessed personalities, Men and women with the life of God pulsating within, who practice the presence of God and consequently make it easy for others to believe in God. It's quite a challenge, although it should make evangelism a lot easier. Because our lives, our lives will tell a story. Our independence, wanting to do things our way, our independence from God is fundamentally sin. This is precisely why God calls us into a personal relationship with him, but at the same time, into a corporate relationship with the rest of the people of God. We are to be both dependent upon him and in the right sense, dependent on each other. So um, 
when I started to think about what family is and what it might look like, I immediately thought of our earthly families. And there's so much that is positive, so much that families do and are, um, that models family really well, and which we can apply to our church family. But I also know that not everyone has a great positive family. And so I thought I would look to the spiritual family, um, manifest in the mystery of the Trinity, and see what God wanted to say to me. So when I think of the Trinity, I'm reminded of uh, a word which Tim has often uh, mentioned, which is, probably pronouncing it wrongly, perichoresis. Right. So I just remember Tim describing God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit as being in a continual beautiful dance with one another, loving one another, honoring one another, serving one another, living in harmony with one another, submitting to one another. And um, when I think of that often, it just makes me want to weep. It's such a beautiful picture. And that, I guess, is the perfect model that uh, we should be using for our, both our earthly families and our church family as well. And um, I mentioned quite a few one another's there. And um, when I reflect on these, I re realize that it's all about how we treat each other. So what does the Bible have to say? There are so many one another's. And we had a, a sermon series last year, so you can go back and listen to those. Each one is a sermon in its own, but I'm going to quote a few. Um, and I'm not going to give you um, the reference because otherwise it'll just take forever. So... You can ask me later if you'd like them for, if you're taking notes. A new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Last one. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And when I read these, it seems to me that there are an awful lot of personal choices that we can make. It doesn't just happen to us. We have to make choices. Um, and also, being part of a church family um, is about us individually journeying and making these choices. Um, but it's also journeying alongside one another. 
So God calls us into a personal relationship with him, but at the same time, um, into a corporate relationship with the rest of the people of God. We're doing a relay here. It's often the case in church families that there is a smaller group of people serving a larger group. I wonder if that's how it's meant to be. Or if it might look different if people served one another humbly in love. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And he goes on to say, But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So what might church family life look like? I often think of those old wooden jigsaws. Yes, I am old enough to remember wooden jigsaws, and I don't still do them, but you know. All different shaped pieces, which individually actually don't show much of a picture. But when you put them together, wow, what a beautiful picture. And jigsaw pieces, certainly in my experience of them, quite a few of them often have quite a few rough edges. And those rough edges often need to be rubbed away in order to fit perfectly together to form that beautiful picture. We are no different. When we spend time with each other, we spot the rough edges in ourselves. Although if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, we probably find it a lot easier to spot the rough edges in other people than we spot them in ourselves. But through God's Spirit nudging us and through being family together, those edges begin to become smooth to create a perfect fit and therefore a beautiful picture. So here are a few thoughts about what being part of a church family means. Firstly, we are prepared to commit. Committal, tough word, isn't it? Commit. So how serious are we? How serious are you? And what are we committing to? Well, it looks like this. We spend time with each other. Uh, dare I suggest that it's not just on a, a Sunday evening. Uh, it's difficult to forge relationships on a Sunday evening, even though over time it's obviously possible. Spending time with each other requires proactivity, effort, planning, sacrifice. But the benefits are huge. We need to get involved. We serve the church family in some way. So what gifts, what skills, what talents do you have? What would really bless others? Where is there a need? What might God be asking you to get involved in?
We give financially. And I know for some people, finances can be really tight and difficult. But remember the story about the widow's mite. Do you know that in this calendar year, to keep St. Thomas's Church and St. Matthew's Church open, and also for us to, as a church family, to give at least 10% of our income away, it costs £330 a day for us to continue. Now, it's not £330 every Sunday. That's £330 each of the 365 days in the year. It's quite a lot of money. Next, we join a small group. I encourage you, if you're not in a small group, to join a small group. It's a great way to really get to know people and to journey together. We do not stand in judgment of others. Gosh, that can be tough, can't it? We learn to be open with each other. That can be tough too. It requires trust and needing to feel safe. We forgive each other and we are prepared to say sorry. We confess and deal with wrong attitudes and resentments. We are outward looking, being compassionate to those in need. How many times did Jesus talk about the poor? Remember the poor, he kept on saying. And finally, we learn to hold everything that we have lightly. Our homes, our finances, our careers, our aspirations. Of course, we could achieve many of these characteristics simply out of a sense of duty or obligation. But whether as an individual, individual or collectively as a church family, this would mean that the foundation of the structure will be incredibly weak. It won't take much to shake it, and dare I suggest that it won't last. So what's required? For families, both at home and church, to be able to work together and to be the one another's that Debbie mentioned a few minutes ago, um, the journey has to start with us, with me and with you. That means individually learning how precious, how loved and how valued we are by God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Because it's out of the heart, that heart understanding that we can overflow and bless others. We need to allow God to perform some heart surgery on us. He longs for us to see ourselves and to live our lives as he originally designed us to be. Just some verses from Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So you see, we need each other. We are meant to be together. But it requires a heart response. 
So practically, what will it take for us as a church family to look like the one another's? And I think it begins with us getting to know each other. I don't think we can honor and submit and not grumble against one another when we don't know each other. So at St. Matt's, how do we try and do that? Um, it's quite important, I think, that um, that's kind of the starting place. So we have um, several things trying to do that. We have the cafe beforehand, um, which is a great place. If you're out there and you see someone on their own or someone new, do chat to them. I mean, it's a real welcome, and um, it would just indicate the sort of church that we would like to be, I think, and how fabulous if you're new to be welcomed and talked to. We have the Mingle Till You Tingle, and we're going to have that later, um, where we just encourage chats. Um, and then Life Hubs. Life Hubs are really important. They're small groups that meet weekly. Um, you get to know people more. You can explore things. You can discuss things. You can disagree with things. Um, you can share joys and sorrows, um, the situations and issues of our everyday lives things that we're struggling with, things that we're rejoicing with. I mean, it's so great to share all these things and we can support each other emotionally, prayerfully, and practically as well. And then a few of the other things where we try and draw people in to a, a better relationship with each other, a deeper relationship. So we have the bring and share lunches after the morning services. We have the men's weekend, uh, the women's uh, ministry. We have the knit and natter. Uh, we have the Wednesday coffee morning, prayer triplets, church summer weekend away. They're all great events. I mean, sometimes it seems a lot of effort to have to go to something. But I have to say, the benefit will be for you. Um, you know, you will come away, I think, um, encouraged, hopefully, and actually maybe feeling a bit lighter than when you decided you didn't want to go. Um, so in, in spending time together and getting to know each other, I think we build trust with each other, don't we? Um, and it's only when we build, build trust with each other that we can really... Um, we can really engage with each other on a deeper level. So these are some of the sort of things that I uh, might do to help get to know uh, other people better. Um, and actually, I loved what Beth said at the beginning, her notice about um, have, uh, getting a group together um, for creative people, for dance, for art. I mean, that's such a fabulous idea. And ideas are great. If you have an idea, bring it, because everybody... Um, not everybody has that same idea, and somebody might be longing to do it. Um, so for me, these are a few ideas, but the list is endless. Make a meal for someone, meet someone for coffee, host someone for a meal, take someone for a doctor's appointment, pray with someone, <laughs> um, give a lift to someone when they need it. Up the hill's always useful for the uni students. Um, go for a walk and a chat text someone, phone them, chat to them. Um, it will help, I think, and it will build relationships and build family life together. Um, so it's actually, family life is all about serving others. And um, as we serve others and we trust each other, we can laugh, cry, eat, 
share together, have fun together, um, and grow together. Um, and Mark's already said that actually being part of a church family is, is a heart response to God, really. It's his idea in the first place, so we're just responding to what he wants us to do. Um, so it's not about giving you a guilt trip or condemning you or for you to feel judged in any way. It's just about uh, wanting you to know that you are loved by the Lord, absolutely and completely. And in knowing that, the overflow will follow into loving others. Um, and I just thought I would mention for us introverts that it's not about spending every moment of every day together. Um, because for an introvert, that idea would absolutely fill you with horror. The extroverts might be really worried about that. But it's not about spending every single moment together, I don't think. Um, and um, last week, um, we explored the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit encounters. So Tim talked in the morning. And then in, in the evening... Um, we um, invited the Holy Spirit, and we um, prayed that he would come. And a lot of us um, asked for more. Um, so when I was thinking of the Trinity family, why would we want more? Um, and I think it's because the Holy Spirit enables us, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, to grow in our relationship with God the Father so there's all, all the Trinity there. And then as our relationships deepen, we start to recognize the fruits of the Spirit. So we know those, hopefully. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And again, it's all about growing and blessing others. So in a church family, our homes, our workplaces, when we grow in the Spirit, we uh, grow in these fruits of the Spirit we bless others. Um, and my personal experience of being part of St. Matt's is that um, I'm part of a group of people where I feel safe and secure. I don't feel judged. I can be my imperfect self. I don't have to put that mask on to pretend I'm anyone else. Um, and the group of people I'm with are willing to stick with me to encourage me, to walk with me, and help me to walk out my freedom in Jesus. And I think that that is uh, what I really hope and pray that the rest of you um, might have experienced or will experience as well, because I just think, um, yeah, it's life-changing. Um, and when we remember about uh, God's family. Um, we have to remember, of course, that it's not just here at St. Matt's and St. Tom's or Bath or the UK. Um, it's all over the world. And as many of you know, we have links with some churches in Sri Lanka, uh, particularly one that we visited in Kandy in the middle of the island. Um, and they run a girl's home um, as well. And Mark and I uh, went to Sri Lanka this summer. Uh, it was our second trip. Um, but the first time we went was two years ago with Tim and Paul. And um, we mentioned uh, before about a heart response. Well, the first time we went to Sri Lanka, we just cried 
continually, all day. <laughs> it was a bit of a surprise. Um, and of course, it wasn't because we were sad, but because God was doing some work in our hearts. Um, and there was an overwhelming feeling of love for the people uh, who we met over there um, and a desire to want to support them and serve them. Um, and it felt just like an extension of our church family, but 4,000 miles away. Um, at the time, we couldn't really explain, we were just crying, uh, why we had reacted <laughs> in that way, except to say that we felt God was building a heart bond between uh, members of his family in Sri Lanka with us. And um, certainly for us, it was beautiful and life-changing. So we returned again this summer with a larger group uh, from, from church. And um, uh, it would be really good. We've just got, I think, a uh, photo montage, which is going to be played on the screen. And then afterwards, is that right? Yes. And then um, Jonathan and Aurelia and Peter and Victoria, who are part of the team, are going to come and share their thoughts um, and experiences. Um, in and that they were kind of really seeking to create family and community in a safe place where people can, can come in Sri Lanka. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Um, they want to develop leaders and, and people in all their gifts and abilities. And that's what we try and do here as well. Um, and they wanted to uh, follow God's heart and listen to God and kind of go where he leads them. And I think that's where we want to do that as well in St. Matt's. It's just incredible how a church from a place 4,000 miles away can just have the same heart as us. And yeah, that's God's heart, isn't it? So. Yeah, so we wanted to share a bit about kind of the things that we learned um, about what family means um, from having gone to Sri Lanka. So the first thing is about um, that as a family, we all have so much to learn from each other. Um, so I think one of the things that we really um, learned being in Sri Lanka was just the hunger that people had. Um, that they all, um, like when we were doing prayer ministry, they would all come up for prayer. Um, and that was a real challenge for us because um, obviously, yeah, there was just cues and we would pray for one person and then the next one would be there. Um, and they all just wanted to be really filled with the Holy Spirit and just be able to be filled up so that they could go out and serve. Um, so, yeah, it was amazing just being able to pray for them all. Um, and, yeah, it, that really challenged us as well. Um, and I think also, like, we learned a lot from being with the team as well, just building up relationships there. Um, and also kind of getting experience doing new things. So, like, when we did prayer ministry, um, we'd often kind of pray in pairs. I think I was praying with Peter quite a bit. Um, and we prayed for people um, getting healed, which I'd never really done before. And actually having someone there who'd had years of experience of doing that was great because um, it helped to kind of increase my confidence in that. And, um, yeah, we saw kind of really great things happening there. Um, I think the next thing um, about being family is about that when we give, um, we actually receive a lot more back than we think. Um, so kind of going out to Sri Lanka, we knew we were going on mission. We knew that we were going out to give, but actually 
we receive so much ourselves as well. Um, I think kind of when we did the Father's Heart course, um, yeah, it was amazing just being ministered to by people here, by the team there, that, yeah, we weren't expecting that at, at all, but God obviously knew that. He'd obviously planned that at the right time. Um, and we were really filled up in that and, yeah, came back kind of having a lot of things released in ourselves. Um, and I guess, yeah, as a church here, um, yeah, whether we're kind of serving um, in worship or we're doing the visuals at the back or we're giving financially, actually, when we do give, God will always give us greater things back. I think with the um, the girls' home that they have there, so they've got a girls' home, I think there are about 18 girls there at the moment, um, that uh, Pastor George and Auntie Rani kind of run and oversee and um, Jerry and Isabel help out at. It's just an amazing place where they create a family amongst these uh, young girls who maybe don't have family or don't have the best of families, but they're just always smiling and always happy and uh, quite cheeky, actually. I got them to try and teach me some Singalese, which is like the, like the main language there. And um, I said, what's hello? And I can't remember what it was now, but they told me something. And I was going around saying hello to everyone, and they were just laughing at me. I was like, what am I doing wrong? You just laugh. Apparently, they taught me to say tiger and not hello. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah that, that's, that's what they were like, always smiling and also always kind of... Um, kind of really keen to go to church, really keen to, to um, grab Bibles. Um, and they were really, uh, as, as family, they were sharing with us um, kind of some of the difficulties they have, um, particularly amongst some of the other um, religions in the area. So quite um, oppressed by Buddhists, particularly because Candy's massive Buddhist area is a big, big temple there. Um, and, and kind of how where their church is, it's quite hard sometimes um, people come just to kind of check the church out to see whether it's like what's going on. So so there's definitely loads of things to pray for for them um, and the girls' home as well. Um, but also, um, quite honest with financially, uh, how the girls' home is doing, they're kind of trying to raise money for a new minibus um, and it costs about £75 a month for each girl. Um, to, to be in the home and just as part of being family I don't know something in me thought well how can we support them maybe it's in prayer or um, I think prayer is quite a big one um, but also maybe it might be financially maybe a few of us might want to say well let's kind of support a girl or like you know three free people say are offered 25 pound a month or five pounds or one pound or whatever it is and actually say well let, let's let's give this to the to the home let's support a girl let's commit to that and that's something that I guess we continue to explore and um, come and either chat to me and Aredo or Mark and Debbie or yeah, Tim and Tim and Sarah, anyone to see kind of the mechanism to do that. But in terms of like, they are our family and, and it's kind of like there's loads of stuff in St. Matt's that we um, would love to do to the building and, and great. But I guess my heart when I was there was, well, actually, let's get this right. Let's su support this family um, alongside us. I think, yeah, the last thing was just about, yeah, being family, about just being really real and kind of authentic with each other. Um, I think when we were in Sri Lanka, we learned a lot kind of about the challenges that the church was facing, um, I guess that the city was facing, that the country was facing after all the attacks. Um, people were really kind of open about sharing that. Um, yeah, and I think the challenge for us as a family is, yeah, is allowing us 
to be really vulnerable with each other. And actually, we're in a church where it's really safe, where, um, yeah, we're not going to judge each other. Um, and actually, yeah, when we are vulnerable, it means that God can come in and that he can kind of build us up. Um, and that, that means that we can go out and serve and glorify him, having been filled up with his spirit. It'll be slightly less so. Uh, the first, first thing I'd like to say, I mean, I have never been out of Europe until we went to Candy. I know you jet setters go all around the world, but for me, this is big. And the big impressions I have, A, the beauty of the countryside, but really importantly was the people. They were just so friendly. It was uh, you know, almost impossible. We have, I had to notice that uh, the cricket, that the Sri Lankans had beaten the hmm? Bangladesh. They'd beaten Bangladesh in cricket in the test match. And I was congratulated the, the waiters in the hotel. It just so happened that England were having a test match. And so every time they saw me walking in, off the big screen came the thing that everybody was watching, and up went the cricket, <laughs> so I could keep in touch with it. And they remembered. And it was that sort of attention to detail which really touched me. Um, we mentioned earlier about the, uh, the, the Hope for Girls, and the girls start about that big and go up to this big. And it's really exciting to be with them and their enthusiasm. We worshipped, Tim gave a little talk on one of his card tricks, and afterwards they were all sitting around and Tim said, would, would, would you like to see how that trick worked? And he sat down at a little coffee table here and there was a stampede of feet as they rushed around in a semicircle. If only I'd taken a picture of that. It was such a beautiful picture as he was explaining the trick. And there's such enthusiasm and it's a family there. They made the whole thing to be a family. The other thing that made a big impression on my mind was the church services. When you think this is loud sometime, that was nothing. That was a quarter volume. And every sing, so, song was said in, sung in three languages. First Tamil, then Sri Lanka, and then Singhalese, and then English. Each verse. Loudly. And if it was going really well, the worship leader did this. Which means we'll sing the whole thing again because it's so successful. It was unbelievable. And very warm. And because the day before we'd had this thing that they attended to, the, the Father's Heart course that some of you have heard of, it goes on for three days. It's really deep and careful and, and paced. Paul did it for the church leaders in three sessions on one day. And when I looked around the room, people were crying. Was, the Holy Spirit was really there. And not only the people we were there for, but our team as well were all crying. And it was such a special day. The spirit was there. He preached it brilliantly, got all the points over. And afterwards, he had a long time of prayer, which was really wonderful for the leaders. And when we, the prayer after the service that was alluded to, that also was amazing because people, we say prayer over here in this church, two or three people come up. But there were cues. The whole congregation came up for prayer and over again for prayer, which was really touching. There were answers to prayer. And we're talking about family. We, we as a group, we were 12 people. Good number, don't you think? 12 people in the group. And we got to know each other. It was quite a long time we were together. Um, but it was really lovely to get to know each other's families. The whole Buckley Massive was there. And 
So spend time together, laughing, drinking, eating, but with the Spirit of God really working hard. Um, apart from that, um, we stayed for the last couple of days in a place that was just from here to there to the Indian Ocean. It was very uh, restful, and it was important to have the coming down time after having had such a spectacular time with the church. And again, the people, staff there couldn't be helpful. I have a garlic intolerance, and all the time, stuff was cooked specially for me. Um, no question. Um, but there, when we, uh, we were there, my, we had a, my stepdaughter had a, a baby when we were away, and there was a phone call to Victoria, and she was up at, you know, chatting away at night. And the staff there, at about midnight, brought out a cup of coffee for her, because she was obviously wanting a cup of coffee. And about 10 minutes after she was talking, I went out there, and suddenly another cup of coffee arrived for me. And it was just the care and attention to detail of the people of, of Sri Lanka that really blew me away. I would recommend anybody to go, and it's good to go with a, a team that, that some people have been there before, so you know what to expect, and they could guide you through it. But the spirit was working big time. And now my uh, unprepared, uh, my wife. We love it. Yes, I must say, I just seeing those photographs made me cry again. That's just such a beautiful time. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think, just like Aurelia said, I mean, you know, you go over there hoping that you can be of some use, and you come back having been completely blown away with how blessed you've been. Um, and I agree and with everything everybody said. I think the people were just amazing. One of the things I especially loved was, um, as Jonathan had said, there's a kind of sort of parallel between what's happening over there and what's happening here. And the same with the team. They've got this sort of newly formed eldership team. And I just loved getting to know them. And they're just, uh, you know, they're just starting out and it's a very different... Um, I think they've had a sort of a model that we've had of church over here as well, like sort of pastor and the rest of the church, and now they've got this eldership team. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to do that here, but they're trying to do that over, over there with three different, four different, four couples, but it's three different people groups. And like probably 10 years ago, they may have been at war with one another, you know, so... They're trying to do a really, I mean, just imagine we really need to pray for them as they're doing that and really building relationship with one another against, you know, in a culturally very difficult situation, I think, probably. Um, but I just loved getting to know them, and um, it, that feels like completely family across the sea because we know them now. It's not just a, a sort of ch a children's home that we're helping to support and a church that we're helping to support it's people that we know uh, with some of their struggles and some of their joys and stuff they've got so little compared to us and their hunger is just wonderful and so moving and very very challenging I think um, because we take so much for granted here and they just can't do that over there so um, anyway it was a real blessing I think it was yeah, we feel really heart-connected to them now, and um, love to go again. 
Um, and Tim and Paul did a really great job um, with all the leading in the talks that they did. And so we really hope to get to know them better and any way that we can support them. I mean, I think both in prayer, but also I'm sure there's practical ways that we can um, really help support them as family because they're family across the sea now. So. Oh, I'd just also like to say about, so no, just very briefly, that, I mean, the Buckley children, it was just wonderful to have them there, and they were just as much, such, just as important part of the team as anybody else, and we found it really helpful, because they'd been there before, and they knew what, what was going on, and they were just brilliant in how they just got together and prayed with everybody, and um, Sam and Joey really joined in the worship, and just beautifully, sensitively, so they were just such an asset, really. Thanks, Victoria. That's great. I'm sure there'll be uh, trips to Sri Lanka if anybody's interested. Um, uh, Debbie mentioned Mingle Till You Tingle earlier. We haven't had it this evening. Uh, for and blesses us so richly. So, Father, we just thank you for this evening. Thank you for your Spirit's presence here. And as we leave this place, Father, we just pray that you would be really close to us this week. Father, I pray that we would sense your closeness. Would we feel your breath on our cheek this week, Lord? As Heavenly Father, you are a good, good God. Thank you. Amen.